welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex, and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. In today's episode, we'll be discussing anger and how it affects dating and relationships, in particular, anger that many men feel. To share his experience today, I've invited a friend, Andy. So welcome to the show, Andy. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I thank you, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can definitely thank you and have gratitude because I feel like that there are going to be a lot of men that can relate to your story in in one way or another and together hopefully we can help them in possibly having awareness and maybe help them start their healing journey. So tell me about what life is like dating or in a relationship when you have this internal anger as a man. Um, Really simply put, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But it might not work for a long time. It might not work for 20 years, 10 years or six years. We get so trapped in our identity of where the anger comes from, which we all pretty much know nowadays it's from the past because there's so much talk about it. It's childhood. We all get that. But you bring up, you build such a strong identity that you accept the fact that that's who you are and everyone else should understand that that's who you are. And when you have an argument, it's like, oh, no, it's okay, it's okay. But it it will come to an end. It will come to an end really quickly, and eventually you'll be left on your own. Mm. That that's where it ends. Yeah, you have no control anymore. You have no power to tell people to get out of your life, or you run away from it and then come back and apologise. It all stops one day, and then when you get it, you're on your own. That's when you get it. Yeah, that's the crisis moment. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But how does it show up? Like what are some of the signs that maybe someone could identify? I mean, maybe it's obvious, but sometimes it's not so obvious or maybe it builds up over the years as well and it starts, some things start off small and they build and they progressively get worse and worse. So what are some of the signs? Look, and, and obviously everyone's story is different. So this is, this is only my experience and it may be different for many others, but mine was, well, I'll just share something with you quickly and Yes, I want to share my story in a book, and I guess everyone goes, oh, God, now someone else is going to write a book. But that's (laughs) how, you know, because that's how you you acknowledge things. And the cover of my book is a three-year-old boy kicking a hole in his back door in his home in in Glenroy, Australia. And the title of my book, I broke up my first relationship at three. Wow. That's, That's when it started. And and so and so what 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 happened then? What's that picture? Why is that three year old boy angry? I I've talked to my family about it. My sister, my parents have passed away, but I'm sorry. I built up this identity of watching 
my dad argue with my mum. And, and my dad was a beautiful guy. I will say I hated him. I told myself I hated him, but I don't. I, I don't yeah. at all. He, was, he, was, he just didn't have a chance to tell his story. Yeah. Um, my mum was a beautiful lady. Uh, she was affected by it. Like she was very sad, but she was also, my dad did so many amazing things for her. Like he looked after her. We had an amazing family. I saw the same things in me, always wanting to be there to help my partners that I was with and being a stand for them. But underneath there was this anger and mine came from watching my parents argue and seeing my mum cry. For it only, I only realised this like only a couple of years ago when I had to look back into that and go, why did I build up an identity at like such a young age, that young boy, so angry, like mm. so angry, three years old. Um, and my sister shared some stories with me at one stage. I became a rebel at that age, not that I planned that. It just something went in my brain, chemical reactions, memories, whatever it was, I became a rebel. And I didn't have accountability. I didn't have responsibility. It was, it's, there's so much in this story to tell, but building the identity as I got older, I kept making my dad wrong every time he had a go at me. I would, I would build this thing. I, you, I can never do anything right. I failed school miserably. I was always in trouble, wagging school, stealing, thieving, like terrible things. I even got my friend's parents sacked from their school. They were caretakers. I vandalized the school at eight years old oh wow yeah like they didn't know it was me I got away with everything I did I got away with and it was just this this thing in me like this destructive thing in me and I I kept going oh it's my dad's fault like in my relationships oh yeah it's it's my dad I got angry because of what he did to my mom no what I did is built this story about what he would, him and my mum were arguing over, and then when he would argue with me or, or have a go at me, I made it about him. And cutting to the end of the story, I just never listened to him. Like he was actually really just trying to bring me up to be a good kid, you know. But I, I, I just had this thing about him. I couldn't get past the fact I wasn't mature enough. I didn't seek help as I got older. That I just couldn't see that. That was nothing to do with me, what mum and dad were arguing over. But for some reason, me, Adam, four brothers and sisters, I made it about me and held on to that. And so any disagreement in my relationships, I would not come home angry. I'm, I'm a loving person. I have a lot of love in me. But what would happen is my partner would say something and... I'd be having a discussion, go, no, no, that's not what I meant. I said this. They go, no, but you're not listening. I go, no, and then it would escalate. It would escalate and escalate, and that's the same argument I had with my dad, except I couldn't fight back with my dad. Like if I'd done something wrong, I had to shut up, and then I would cop it, and I would be so I'd run away. I would jump out the window and run. Let's just break that down for Americans, what cop it means. So you, you'd get smacked. Like, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, you get it's two Australians talking. Sorry for getting a little bit too Aussie. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. Just, you, you know, I would, I would wear the brunt of anything that I did at home, whether it was not getting schoolwork right, I'd be caught shoplifting and any, like, anything. Even if I was wrong, I didn't want to be, I was justifying myself all the time, like justification. Yes, and I think that's one of the key things is you're justifying because it becomes your 
identity. But the other thing that you're actually bringing up without actually directly bringing up, and I think it's important for any men out there that are fathers themselves, is the cycle was continuing. The cycle went from your father to you, and then you could possibly pass that down to your son or your children. And if they don't heal that, and it just keeps going on. So it's really important to recognize it and heal it because the, because you need to break the cycle. Oh yeah, and look, I'm I'm a Christian. I ride. I used to ride with outlaw motorcycle clubs. Not that that's got anything to do with my anger. That I'm just saying that's that's the. I always chose the path of wanting to be something more than I really was. Yeah, I was looking for comfort in distraction, and that's why men mm-hmm. get involved in pornography, drinking, alcohol, drugs. I'm not saying all men. I'm just this is just a generalization, but it's what I've had from my therapists, Christian therapists and and secular therapists. It's the same story. They don't yeah, you know, it's just the same story. You when you've got anger, the anger is is coming from somewhere and then you will look for other comfort in other areas of your life. And those distractions and look, I I can go back to that young age of three and see that whole pattern going through my life, always looking for something else. At the age 13, I was wearing cut-off vests with patches on my back because I wanted to be a big, tough bikey, right? I was always looking for other avenues. And you're right, the cycle will spread to your children. It, it will. There's no way it won't. Not all of them maybe, but generally the the it will spread to the males. Um, Yeah. And the other important thing that you're raising as well is I believe every single human being needs healing. I don't care if you're like the most famous person in the world right now or not, like every single being. And it doesn't matter whether you've had a stable, pretty stable upbringing or not stable upbringing, everyone still needs healing because the key point is, is a lot of beliefs that we create within ourselves are actually created from the age of toddler up to about eight or 10 actually is a very important time in a child's life where they create beliefs and they can create beliefs that nothing major has really happened. And I've got an example of that, which was shared to me once. There was a toddler girl, a baby boy, brother and sister, they both were still at the age of drinking milk. Mum gives the baby boy the bottle of milk first and then after that she gives the toddler girl milk second. Innocent scenario, right? No problem. Mm -hmm. However, at that point, that young girl made the belief that men come before women and she didn't realise that until you move all the way forward into when she's now a woman and now having issues with men and things like that and finally seeks help with a coach and, you know, discusses that and finally can pinpoint it back like you've had the awareness to pinpoint it back as a three-year-old and maybe she was three, maybe she was two, I don't know her age, to realise that was when the belief was caused. And, and so it's not always obvious where these beliefs come from and what age. It doesn't need to be traumatic experience. It can just be an experience yeah, you're right, and it, it went back before three. It would have started, it would have started back when I can't remember because the, the pattern. That's when I, I was listening to everything that was going on, and like I said, it didn't affect my other brothers and sisters. It was fine, and then I, I the hardest realization that I had to come to is that well, this was probably this was probably a couple of years ago, maybe, but I I was just really had to just there was no control left for me. There was no ego. 
I had no control over anything anymore. And that's what you do when you're angry. You like to be in control of it, protection of yourself, because you believe the person like my partners, like broken women's hearts, because they walk on eggshells. They, they're afraid to have a conversation because they think, oh, he's going to do it again or punch the door or whatever, you know, like, because not because you're angry at them, because you're angry at them because they don't understand you. But the actual anger is you're not listening to them. That's it. That's <laughs> You're just not listening. And I never, never listened, never listened to anybody. Like it, when I say, you know, my parents, my dad, my partners, and it's it's hard. It's hard to let go of all of that and just really stand there and go, oh, it's me. Mm. It doesn't matter what your partner said. It doesn't matter even if she's wrong to listen to them and, you know, or, or your children or whatever, just listen to what they're saying. You don't have to agree but you don't have to get angry. But that reaction is so firmly planted as a young child that the minute you hear someone you believe that they're not listening because you believe it's your dad having a go at you. And and I built up this, the last words I said to my dad when I walked out the door at 16 to leave home is he said, when you come back home, you'll come back on my terms. I said, I will not be coming back. And I said, I will never be like you. Well, those words were just shot down in flames. (laughs) I just went through so many relationships with the same thing. And some, some of my partners held out, some are still, you know, I can tell you affected now and some of the children are affected, you know, Mm. I mean, I have a wonderful relationship, you know, but I can tell you some are affected the same as I was affected my whole life because um, of what I caused. And I went to a big meeting about, well, it was about 2,000 men were there at this uh, uh, Christian men's meeting. And you, you didn't have to be a Christian to go there. It's What's any it called, invited. just in case um, a man um, listening wants to go there? Yeah, it's actually um, it's actually on again now. It's on the 26th of February. Um, in Los Angeles? Yeah, men, the men's gathering. Um, you can get all the information off KKLA, which is 99.5 on local Los Angeles radio station. Mm-hmm. Their website has it. It's it's in, an invitation to every man. It's just uh, a men's gathering for men only. And that you brought up the comment, what he brought up last year, one of the preachers was up there and he said, you're, you, you're, and I say this because I'm just repeating it, right? He said, but you're not ready to die until you've conquered the mess you've created. And it's exactly what you said. If you do not conquer and break that loop of that anger, you will just leave your children and everybody else with it. So the healing process, and realistically, sometimes there is no reconciliation with partners, friends, children, whatever. There can be forgiveness, and forgiveness has to come from yourself. And then when you forgive yourself, you're free to to forgive others for whether they've hurt you or don't like you or whatever, but the forgiveness is is so important, but don't expect reconciliation. No, because that person um, that's felt it has to go through their journey as well, um, which you can't own. But the really important point here, which I always try to, when I'm speaking to my friends or anyone and giving advice, is the same problem will keep repeating itself in your life just with mm. various different people. Like it shows up and, and you might think it's different, but it's actually the same thing repeated over and over until you break the cycle. And you hear me all the time listening to this podcast and I'm a true believer in what are the blessings and what are the lessons? And that is part of mm. the ha- way that you can 
heal yourself from that and take the positive out of the negative. Yeah, yeah. And, and you definitely, and you're right. And you definitely, for me, right, my personal journey is um, I, I, I was, when I, mean, I say this in this way, I, I was left uh, alone after the last breakup and then you continually try to heal by apologising, apologising, apologising. See, then the justification comes in again. Yeah. Like you were overkill with the apologies because you, you, you're suddenly now trying to grab hold of that thing because you're afraid. See, my, my thing was abandonment issues. Like my dad told me from the age of probably a 10 to a left home that we're going to put you in a boy's home because – yeah, your mum can't take it. Now, that didn't affect me. See, I didn't care. But I actually did care because it sunk back in my memory and then I lived that abandonment, afraid to be alone. I, I Oh, my gosh, it was terrible. Can I just interrupt here just to yeah. break this down? So yeah. me and my coach, we always say, like, everyone can feel these three fears but generally one has a bit more power than another one and yeah. they are and you see if you recognize which one from that point that you made that belief and I'll share which one mine is that yeah. I've got uh, but it's either I'm not good enough I'm not worthy or I'm not loved yeah okay I know you want me to answer one <laughs> I know we can feel really- all of them but there's one that's usually a driver for it so Mine is I'm not good enough, right, is the one that, and that will always be there. And that's the core trigger when we talk about triggers, that the, the depth and anything else is just like surface and Band-Aid. For me, it's always I'm not good enough. For other people I know, it's I'm not loved. And for other people, it's I'm not worthy. And some of the telltale signs I know for I'm not worthy is like you really like to win awards and get accolades and things like that. And I'm not good enough. You're always trying to prove yourself and make sure you're doing well and you're the overachiever. And I'm not loved. You know, you, you, you're scared of being alone and people don't love you and da 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 And, and that's right. You know, it's like, um, you know, and, and always trying to look good when you feel you're not worthy. You know, mm. and and mine would be I'm not good enough, be simply because, uh, and the other two are really close behind. But because of when my dad was always talking to me, I would just go, oh, I can never get anything right. I just can't get this yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. You know? But as a mature man now, um, 65, who got it better late than never, <laughs> was, he was just trying to get me to improve to be a good kid and, and not be upsetting his mum like I, I'll give you examples which I share because I do a lot of myself personal not life coaching but just personal growth encouragement and inspiration through my story and look I, I had I had what I used to call blinkers on like the horses wear blinkers you know to protect their eyes I, I, I could walk home to my mum in the middle of the day when I was 13 or 14 at high school and said, oh, I left my swimming gear at home. I, we're, it's, we're going to go swimming today. And she said, oh, okay, cool. She didn't see me for three days. I ran oh, away. Okay. You know, and, and the reason I ran away is because I got a mate of mine at school. I said, man, I hate my dad. And he goes, yeah, I hate mine too. I said, let's go. So we just took off. And, and, and I, when I, my dad found us three days later and we got locked up in a jail cell because we got found walking around this country town, he didn't get angry or hit me, just said, you're killing your mum. And, you know, it didn't affect me because I had this, this thing that it was not me causing it. Mm. Who causing it made me run away. And, yeah, you were you know, a victim like, to everyone else. You were a victim to the world, oh, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. And, you know, that just followed through in every particular relationship or even in work things. If something went wrong at work, I would be immediately justifying writing letters or sending emails. No, look, this is what actually happened. The justifications were insane, like Mm. they were insane. And when um, you when you're in that state, you're always looking for the evidence to prove why it's everyone yeah. else's fault as well. You never take accountability and look within and start going, "What am I doing? And why does this keep coming up? And why do people keep reacting like that? Like you, you can't seem yeah. to put the correlation that actually everyone feels like this in one way or not. But I'm not listening. That's right. Yeah, totally. And it's, um, yeah, it's like Johnny Cash's song. It's a song that really sits with me. It's, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but part of the words are, why does everyone keep leaving me? You know, because he had quite a painful life. And when you get to that point of, you know. Is that the wake up call? Is that the wake up call feeling alone and everyone's left you? The wake up call. See, I went pretty much from relationship to relationship. You know, I don't regret any of them because I, I'm so blessed that I'm st- still cared about and they talk to me and, you know, they mm. don't have to. Mm. Um, and, you know, the relationship with siblings, you know, are good and there, there's some that, you know, they're still struggling. But you can't – the one thing I can't do now is beat myself up over that anymore. I no. can't because nothing's going to improve. I, I have to deal with it. Face it, stand in the middle of the storm, stand in the fight. I have to stand there. The only way the healing will start to see is when people over time see that you are actually really the person we wanted to know, yes. not the person we Because knew. like they say, and I'm a huge believer in this when I'm assessing anyone, is words are just words. I don't, I don't believe words. I believe actions. Actions tell me everything. And words can mean absolutely nothing. And particularly if you've been that person apologising all the time, it's empty. It's an empty empty. apology. And it drives people further away, you know. And it's it's what we do because we – what I – you're saying the breakthrough, the breakthrough is, and I'm not not mentioning any names, but you know exactly who I'm talking about. The breakthrough came with – and this is no disrespect to my other partners – but the breakthrough came in the last relationship because it was horrendous, horrendous for her, horrendous. Like the the walking on eggshells and the justifications and, and, and this is not saying that that particular person didn't do anything wrong. Of course they did and so did others, but that's, that's not any reason for a person to then get angry at them and scream and mm. yell and kick them out and threats. It's got nothing to do with it, but that's what we do. And finally, when this relationship truly ended, um, and then the biggest thing for me, like a, a men with anger, is the control was gone. Mm. I had no more control. No more control for me to say, get out, don't want to talk to you anymore, or me leave. There was nothing. It was just me now, me by myself. And then, I, you know, and I was obviously getting help from my, my Christian brothers in, in Bikers for Christ and men have been through a lot and, 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 and other, other avenues, you know, which they are all for. And really the simplest thing is that when I got where the anger came from and the blame went from my dad and I, I actually, boy, I could go back over my whole life and see what a creature I was as a kid. Just like my sister actually was part of the breakthrough. She's nearly 70 now, beautiful woman, survived two bouts of breast cancer, 
does is does not let anything affect her. She affect and then she'll move on. She said to me, "Do you know something, Andy?" She said, "Dad wasn't as bad as what you thought," and that was only last year. Wow! And that's that with me. And then I had to look back at all the stories I told. And all the moments of standing in the lounge room watching mum cry and dad yell, I built them up to making it happening all the time. It probably actually didn't happen all the time. We had an amazing family, we had beautiful holidays, Christmases. But she said, yes, dad did. One stage she said, I had to stop him. He was, he was smacking you. And I can't remember how old I was, but he was smacking you for breaking the coffee table. And she said, I actually had to stop him because, he, not that my dad beat me up, Don't. that's not what I'm saying, but I was getting a smack for this, right? Mm. And she said, you didn't break the coffee table. And I know that that's the one thing I can't remember, which is the one thing that is a deep trigger in me, that when I think someone's not understanding me, then I get angry. And that particular moment that I can never remember, she said, he was, he was giving a bit of a, you know, you know, back on the backside and you were howling, she said, but you didn't do it. And I had yeah, to Yeah, and you weren't that. being listened to. No. Yeah, exact, okay. That, that I know is part of the big, the big thing. And then look at just over many other, you know, discussions with the right people and, and truly just what I'm doing now is just being transparent and vulnerable and honest, you know. Yeah. So once you had awareness, so you've realised, okay, this is me, I've got a lot of anger within myself. I can't keep living life like this because this cycle just keeps repeating and I can't live like this. How did you heal this? Like what was your journey and how did you begin? I want to give advice to yeah. people out there. You've got the awareness now, which is, that's the first step. Brilliant. Okay. Now how do we heal? Well, so, you know, the the main thing, and as I've already mentioned a couple of times, you know, I have my faith. So I know this is not anything. We're not talking about, oh, you've got to become a Christian to do this. This is my personal life, my view, and my faith has been an amazing help to me to, to living by my faith. But then, you know, and, and then in the the other part of the healing, which was guided by my amazing supporters, was you've really got to look at what you really think about your dad and the biggest thing for me was to let go of blaming him. Like that was the biggest thing. Once I let that go and looked at him and went, I'm looking at me, but you just never had the opportunity to share where your anger came from. Because I've talked to my grandmother, my aunties, they all said the anger comes from his great-grandfather and that. And when I let go and really understood him, because I was him, one of my partners said, you're, you're your dad. She, like my, she said, I've met Ted. You are your dad, mm, and I never was, listened to that back yeah. then. But now, how do you let go? Like, how? Can you break that down even further? Um, look, it's probably hard to break down if you want an honest answer. I, I for did you me, get but, a coach? Didn't you do some work or something like look, that I, as well? I, I did, but I, I pretty much, I had to have a really big acceptance of looking at the cause and effect that I had with my partners and looking at the pain that I blocked out thinking that everything's okay, they'll accept my forgiveness, my apology, and then seeing what my dad did. And for me and my journey of my coaching and, 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 and coaching people started to really help me resonate and then reading, obviously, books and getting my, my coaching from my mentors, it was so simple. I just had to let go of the hate I had for my dad and realise the poor guy didn't have the opportunity I've had. 
It's, I know that sounds ridiculously simple, but when I let go of that and then saw what I built up, I built up an identity to protect myself against what I thought he was having a go at me all the time and making me wrong, which he wasn't. He was supporting me. I was hurting my mum. Is acceptance a really big part of the healing there, like of yourself, of the situation, of the people? Yeah. yeah. So acceptance yeah. probably. Total acceptance okay. of, of un- really accepting that, and that's hard. It's it's terribly hard. Yeah. It does start with acceptance for sure. It, it starts with accepting of yourself. It starts with acceptance of the situation and then looking at it from a different point of view, I suppose, not from the victim point of view but but maybe trying yeah. to see it from other people's point of view and, and trying to understand what the learnings are out of it. And Well, I, I just had to put myself in their place. I had to switch places with my partner, relationship, and, and just look at them and put myself in their place and go, they are you and you are your dad doing what your dad you think did to you right so i had to swap places and and be their place looking at me going if they met my dad and saw him arguing with my mum they go oh you're just doing the same thing i had to swap places with them i because the reason i had my emotional hurt was because of the arguments i saw my dad having with my mum but that was nothing to do with me I made it to do with me. Yeah, you took it personal. Yeah. yeah, I took it personal. And then when he, I got into trouble, I didn't accept that I was actually the one causing the problem. I made it about him. And so then my partners, when they weren't listening to me, which they were, and I believe they weren't understanding, I would get angry and just go, my God, you don't get me. You don't understand me. No, I wasn't listening to them and understand that they were just having a conversation. I, I didn't want to be wrong. I always wanted to be right. Um, I always wanted to be the person in charge. I, no responsibility whatsoever, no maturity, and that was difficult to sit by yourself and just record back everything that happened and I was the cause of so I think like some of the, to break it down for people out there, cause I haven't had, like I've had different things. We all have stories. We all have yeah. pains. Like I don't, no one escapes that, but the process of healing is, is very similar. I think in how you can do it. So it's self-reflection is really, really important. It's acceptance of what, what was cannot be changed. It was what it was. And yeah, then right, it's exactly. seeking help. Like I don't, I really don't believe you can do this by yourself. I've had my own coach. No, you You've don't. had your own mentors as well. So you need to go out and seek someone, a professional person that can help you. I'm going to sound, people might criticise what I'm about to say, but, and, and I know there's a need for it in certain situations, but generally I'm not into psychologists or psychiatrists because I feel like they live in the past. I'm about, you know, my coach and your sort of coach that you have is all about the now, the positive thinking. Yes, you do do the cognitive behavioural therapy and the NLP that you need to do and combine the psychology, but it's also about breaking the cycle, coming up with strategies and things that you walk out of that session with that you can put into place right away on things and having the awareness and to have change immediately mm. that you implement. So that's that's how you start to heal and that's how you tackle this 
to begin with and and you're not alone like we all have pains and things like that so what's your advice for men feeling anger yeah no I hear what you're saying and some of that I've never done and you know it's it's all individual choice but I mean they they work if they work for you for me what worked for me was listening like Mm -hmm. seriously listening that was the biggest word I could ever put is I never really listened to what was going on and the story grew bigger. The minute I started listening, it started to improve. I'm not saying it worked 100% at first because I've been, I'm 65 and, and I've been doing this all my life. So it's not just going to fix like that. No. Um, so once I started listening and I even went to, you know, one of my partners and I came over uninvited and I said, I said, this is really tough, but I said, I don't think I've listened to you or anybody all my life, you know, like in relationships. And it was quite an emotional time for about an hour when I was just listening. Then we had other blow-ups, you know, which again, it, because it came back again because the trigger's so strong. But now at this point now, what I will say honestly is you, these things will never go away. They're always there. You can't cut that part of your brain out and go, oh, it's gone now, trigger's gone. It's the tools I have now, like really when someone's speaking to me, I'm actually in their space of listening to them, like really listening and not, and I, and I, ha- and I say to myself, don't judge. It's not about you. This is their view. They, they have no idea what's going on in your mind. And, and I just listen. And then even if I don't agree, I will just repeat and go, hey, I get what you're saying. I see, I got that. I said, not. I don't sort of agree with it, but you understand where you're coming from. It was hard at first, but the listening really started to just calm me down and stop trying to, because I can't be right. How can I be? <laughs> your views, yours, it's not mine, you know, and, and driving around, because I would be the guy, you you blow your horn at me, I would be out of the car that quickly and it would be, be a on. fight. Right. It, you know, and, and now i just driving around LA, someone toots their horn, blows their horn at me, I, I just actually move over to another lane and let them go past me because what I say to myself, once they're out of my energy, they'll be in someone else's. Yeah. So. I, I also look at those people that are getting really angry. I mean, there's plenty of them on the LA road yelling at you and screaming and tooting their horn mm-hmm. at you. <laughs> my thought process is I, I liked this is going to sound a bit hippie or whatever, but I try to send them a bit of love and I feel a bit sad for them because I think I'd hate to be in their <laughs> mind. They're holding so much anger right now and they're pushing yeah. it out to the world and they don't even realise because I suppose they they what you were experiencing all those years ago and they're, you know, I'm in the wrong because I'm in the wrong lane or not going the speed they want to say and they're putting it on me and it's yeah. my fault, but it's actually their anger. <laughs> Well, it is, and you know, I've I've done it. I've experimented out there on the road, and when something like that's happened, if I have been the cause of that, like might have just moved too quickly or didn't put my turn signal on, and someone's to their home, when they've come past, I've actually wound the window down and acknowledged that I did that. I just went, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, and I tell you, nine times out of ten, people toot their horn and go, "Thanks." Oh, cool. That's you know? good. Yeah, I had a guy. I had a guy last year. I must have done something. It was minor. But he pulled up beside me at the lights and he it was a pretty hot day. He had no shirt on his car and he was he was spitting, he was that angry. Wow. Like 
he was swearing at me. He, he'd actually come in to cut me off. And I, I've been that guy. I was that guy in that car, mm. right, except I would have been out of the car. And he was swearing. You know what? I just went, ha, ah, man. I said, sorry. I said, I think I must have just touched something on my phone. Just, to, I said, really sorry. I, I could have caused an accident to you. Or This is all happening at the traffic lights. I can tell you within not even a millisecond, he just went, oh, oh. <laughs> He goes, God bless you, brother. He said, thank you. He said, have a great day. And I just went, what on earth just happened? Yeah. Like how did he, he, he was ready to kill. And the fact that I just went in his face that I'm sorry, I, you're completely right. I could have caused that. He just, he just stopped. And I've never seen that happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen all the time, but it's part of my learning. It's part of what I, I can't be that person anymore. I have to understand that I just caused something. I have to acknowledge that, own it. I did. That was my fault, not yours, you know, and that relates to the relationships. And, and, and look, I, I've had to start all over again at 65. Yes, I'm working and, you know, doing what I do and it's great, but I've had to start over again. No home, you know, I have a place, but my home is now with my one of my previous partners and um, I'm not fighting for that. Um, she can have the place because what she went through for all those years, I'm not even asking for anything. Yeah, but do you know what? I think that's a beautiful sign as well. It doesn't matter how old you are and where you're at. It's never actually too late. It's never too no. late to start again and it's never too late to start this journey where eventually um, if you if you stay consistent and committed to it, you will eventually get to a place of inner peace and inner happiness. And, and I got to that recently and it's sort of weird. I was like... <laughs> talking to my coach I'm like Shireen the chatter's stopped I was like do you know how quiet it is when there's no chatter I was like it's actually sort of boring I was like there's just nothing it is empty and I couldn't work out what you feel it in when the chatter's gone because you're so used to having the chatter the chatter the chatter the stories and everything um like that but you can you can reach that and I've got one more question and then we'll wrap this up but what advice do you have for the partner in the relationship that has, because maybe they're listening as well, and that has a partner with the pain and the anger? So what advice would you have to the, to the women that might be with a man that was similar to what you were back then? Yeah. Okay. This probably might not go down well with some of the men, but they need to uh, take a really strong stance whether you've got children or not. Mm-hmm. whether you're just dating and you're not married or you've been together for four, five, six years, seven years, whatever it is, if it is something that's serious and it's not going away, it's not just, it wasn't just one blow-up, it's a continual thing that happens every two weeks, every month. If, if it's continual, they need to get out and get help. They need to move away and say whatever they want to say, look, I'm happy to try and reconcile this relationship, but this is not working and we need to be separated because you keep staying there, it's going to continually keep happening because that person, this me, me right here now, needed help and I didn't get it and so I had a complete cycle of breaking up relationships for the same thing. They're not different. Every relationship was exactly the same thing. The mm. same thing at home with my parents. When I left because of that reason, the same reason I broke relationships. up. The, the, the other partner who's walking on eggshells, has to remove themselves in whatever way they need to see fit. Now, that's only my view. I'm not asking people to agree with it, but I'm telling you from my experience, 
they need to separate and move away because the person in the anger needs to get this is serious. This is serious. You're actually you're actually affecting somebody and we have the term broken heart, but you're actually breaking their soul, their spirit. You're taking their self-expression away. You're taking their empowerment away. You're taking their confidence away. And it sits with them for a long time. It will affect their next relationship. They will go in afraid thinking, oh, I hope this guy is great and he is. And the next thing, maybe he might just raise his voice. It's like, ah, can't be here, can't do it. You, the, the effect what we cause as angry men is is horrendous. It's horrendous. You need, they need to get that. It's horrendous. So what I want to end with is obviously there are different levels of anger where it's expressed where it might be arguments or uh, road rage in the car um, right up to domestic abuse. We're not experts in this area and particularly domestic abuse. So anyone out there, if you're being physically abused, you need to seek external help. No matter what he says to you, you do not, and I'm going to repeat, you do not deserve any physical or psychological abuse and it can never be justified. It is not you, it is him. And no matter what reason he says to you, and that you're the reason that, you know, you made him angry and you flipped around, that is not true, nor is it acceptable. So because people are listening from all around the world, there isn't one place that I can direct you. So the best thing that I can do for advice would be Google help domestic abuse victim for the best resource in your area. And also maybe tell a friend or someone that you trust because they can help you get help as well. Because Sometimes when you're in that dark place, you can't even work out how to get help. So maybe if you tell someone else, like, I know I've helped people, they can't see it, so I'll do the research for them and I'll try and find it out for them. So so that's that's what you're doing, get out. And the other thing I just want to let everyone know is I'm going to do a follow-up episode about anger with particular focus for men with my coach, Shireen. So we can dig even deeper and assist you in understanding this as well as share some useful tools to start healing. Anger is one way our ego and pain is expressed. Other feelings expressed by our ego include not feeling worthy, not good enough, not loved, as we talked about before, feeling like a victim, feeling jealously. Basically, any toxic negative emotions is your ego speaking, and this is the part of you that needs to be healed. So they're your trigger points, and you need to go really under the surface to discover what the pain is actually being triggered. So you, it's usually something from your childhood and many different experiences, and try to heal that and then and then all this stuff will eventually reduce and then eventually stop because you've got an awareness. May I add something to that quickly? Yeah. What really helped me as well is people like you. The other five or six women I have in my life now who were actually doing, you know, obviously events, but listening to their stories of the pain they went through had me in tears mm. because I listened to them not my partners. I was hearing it from them, what what we cause. And that was one of the a big healing for me to be involved with women telling me their stories. And we're actually working. So the funny thing is I'm working with women now. There's no men involved in all the projects I'm doing. It's all women who've come from that, which is which is quite a blessing. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Really helps me stay on that path, you know. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being so open and sharing. And I really do hope that we've helped some men out there and women as well, but particularly men that are feeling the anger. Um, you're not alone. It's it's quite a common feeling out there. But today's the day that you can change it if you want to change it. 
Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. See you later, Andy. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. It was great. (laughs) You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.